Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Marvel brings in Kang and She-Hulk to the MCU. Spinal Tap says, give me some money. And Left 4 Dead 2 gets some much needed love. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, draw some of those gaming stars at us, people. It is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own King the Conqueror of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great shows, Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, plus his amazing book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can get every single day. You can go ahead just over to Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? So I got some uh, big news here on the uh, Mass Effect rumor front. Wait, were you just going back down to the rumor mill? Back down to the rumor mill for just like a quick second. You know, just putting my toes in the water there a little bit, swirling them around, let you know that like it's turning out that some of these Mass Effect rumors, they might be true. It's not just one site putting release dates up now. It's multiple sites. So I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And I am, I'm getting excited about it. I, I want to ask you real quick, what would it have to have to like make you want to go back to that world, spend that extra $60? What does something like that need? Just the Gerald words. Mass Just the word. Effect Trilogy Master. They can put anything you want or and take out anything you want. As long as in the, in the end, it's a Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered. That's all I'm looking for. But we're going to be having a great episode today. We're going to have, hopefully, interviews with Daphne Matthew talking about the Walking Dead universe. Had a little bit of connection issues with her, so I'm going to see if I can try and get uh, the best of that interview coming up here in a little bit. Plus, Jessica Boggs is going to give us a little bit of her insight into the TV world in this month's TV update. There is the Emmys going on this weekend in the past few days. I want to ask your thoughts, my friend. The Mandalorian and Disney Plus have won their first Emmys as far as from a technical standpoint. I know not all the Emmys have been announced. The more 
important Emmys or the major or the headline or the frontline Emmys are going to be announced here coming up later today. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Emmys going on a several day virtual format, obviously due to the conditions of the pandemic, but I want to hear your thoughts on the Emmys going through a pandemic. So I I like the idea of the Mandalorian winning an award, but for some reason there's like something inside of my soul that is just saying, this is not right. You know, like Disney is just, Disney is a juggernaut. Like Disney owns everything. Disney is is going to win everything one day. Well, I mean, uh, HBO and Netflix has, has a ton of enemy nominations. So it's not like it's just all Disney plus. Right, right. But Disney keeps trying to like find their way to like stick fingers into things. But granted, again, like I think Mandalorian's a phenomenal show. So maybe I'm just feeling torn about it. Let me ask you a question. Just consider it. Swirl around your brain a few times and let me know what your thoughts are. Okay. Hold on. I got to listen to why I do it. Okay. Uh, there we go. You, like sh- shaking a few things out to make room. Oh my gosh. Um, dusting off a few cobwebs. <laughs> Do you think that people watch the Emmys for the gatherings and the star power and just like seeing who's wearing what, who's attending? Or do you think people actually care about like what shows are being talked about or maybe a little bit of both? What what, what three categories do you think are a majority of Emmys viewers? I think it's a little bit of both. But if I had to say, I would probably lean towards the former instead of the latter as far as you can always find out who won next day uh, you can always find out the one online real easily so people will love to just see the experience of these award shows and i tell you right now because it's being done the way it's going to be done as far as virtually they joke that the uh presenters are going to have or the people that are going to be giving out the awards are going to have tuxedo hazmat suits on that part i thought was pretty pretty cool but we're going to see because obviously you cannot have the type of attendance that you would normally we'll see as far as the overall TV ratings. Oh, for sure. Which is actually ironic if you think about it because it's a award show for television. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I am curious to see like what the numbers are going to be for this, like who's viewing it and where people are viewing it from because uh, you know, with a DC fandom and, and, comic-con and stuff like that's different because you actually have people like making cool announcements or like people who get to talk about things that don't normally get to be talked about with this it, it is literally just like okay and here's the winner and people doing acceptance speeches and stuff it's not the same thing and uh, that is where the line is for me like it just it's not something that i am interested in at all but i you know of course i want to know who the winners and losers are but not enough to like sit down and watch i'd rather just like read a paper that says and here are the winners and here are the losers pretty much that's how i do it i don't sit through the entire uh, ceremony and things of that nature i do go online i check out the winners and that's how i can go ahead and go forward and look from there there are some shows that I think got a little bit too much love in this year's Emmys. I think there are a lot of shows that got not enough love. I mean, that happens every year where you have shows that didn't get enough and some that got others. So I'm going to go ahead, hopefully this week, and get a chance to sit down with Jessica Boggs again later here this week. You can't please everybody. That happens seemingly every year. So I'm interested to see what the results are fully for over the five days the Emmys will be giving out awards and I want to go ahead and see if I can talk about it at some point soon. 
But my friend, there's much more to talk about on today's program. I want to go ahead before we hit the break, and I know there's a controversy, speaking of stuff that's in the news as far as controversy and people not liking and liking and things of that nature. Sir, you recently got a book that's in the middle of a controversy of its own. So I want you to go ahead and talk about J.K. Rowling. Oh, excuse me. Not J.K. Rowling, but it is J.K. Rowling. Robert Galbraith's Trouble Blood book, the controversy behind it. And first thing I want to ask you is, you know, as an author, as a published author, why would you have a pen name if people already know who's behind it? I mean, why not just say it's you? I, I think it's just for continuity's sake with her is that, you know, her publisher Stephen King does her. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. So J.K. Rowling's publisher outed her because she was afraid that it would not sell if it did not have J.K. Rowling attached to it. So like that was that happened back with like Cuckoo's Calling was like the first book in that series. So I I I feel like that's kind of doing her a disservice. But then again, like she kind of has been doing herself a lot of herself a lot of disservices lately. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I I like I think the name Robert Galbraith looks uh. You know, it looks pretty spiffy on those covers as opposed to uh, J.K. Rowling. But, but if you know, people she's, know she's it's J.K. Hiding. Rowling, then why put, why have a, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's just a continuity thing. I'll tell you what, for your next book, how about you go ahead and put your pen name as Gerald Glassford? How about that? We could talk. <laughs> but but overall, I mean, I know you were very adamant about reading the book, despite the controversy. And obviously, it stems from the comments, the transphobic comments that J.K. Rowling made, that she is now having to deal with the consequences and repercussions of. It's to the point now with the recent announcement that was made by Warner Brothers Games about uh, Hogwarts Legacy, the video game. They had to specifically say that J.K. Rowling is not a part of consultation on this particular. You know, I read that like and here's my thoughts on this. And like granted, like she has done and said uh, writing that essay was incredibly stupid on her. But like I, I honestly I'm fine with her having her own opinion. I'm fine with other people having their own opinions. I'm fine with people's opinions. But like. You know, we've talked about this before, this like witch hunt, you know, like I disagree with what you said. So I am going to destroy every atom of your being like I can't get behind that kind of behavior, you know, and that's kind of the uh, the crux of it with me. And like it, it's I see I can see where like it markets, you know, pred- markets are affected by something, especially, you know, relating to such a big franchise as Harry Potter. They still haven't made any announcements about like when you know, Fantastic Beasts are going to resume or any of that stuff. I know they just talked about they're going to do Warner Brothers is doing some HBO show that is about Dumbledore. I know that's like just going into production. As for these books, though, I love this series. Like, you know, I am a huge fan. Like, I love Cormoran Strike. You know, he's a detective. He's a war veteran. He has one leg. Like, it's just it's a super interesting book and it's very well written. Um, this is book five. So I'm I'm a huge fan of the series. So I was going to read it, whether it's controversial or not. But like the Telegraph, right? The Telegraph, they're a site that really goes hard after people. You know, they're like maybe one tiny tip tiptoe above being a tabloid. So they're always going after people for things. And what kills me is that they wrote this review because they were looking for controversy, saying that like, you know, this is more J.K. Rowling talking about how she hates trans people and yada, yada. But if you... You know, I just got the book yesterday and I've been reading a little bit of it. But like if you 
read anything about it, you'll know that like there are other suspects. It's not just about that. And there's nothing in there that mentions trans people. It's all just a man in a dress, right? It's, it's, it's a fetish, I guess, for this guy. Yes, it is a little bit tone deaf, but also like I don't like how all these people are reading this one review, not even reading this one review, they're reading headlines and they're just like going after her with like fire. You know, they just they want to they want to crush her into dust and just scatter her into the wind. And a lot of these people, what bothers me is that they had no intention of reading the book and didn't even know the book existed until this little thing popped up and they had a reason to get all worked up about it. So that's the crux of it, you know, and I'm, I'm glad everyone's in again, I'm fine with everyone having their opinions and yes, she should have thought better about what she was doing. But like, as an author, I take that a little personally because if the, you know, the quote unquote offended get to dictate what writers put into fiction, it is fiction. You know, what, what kind of world would this be if they get to dictate what people are and aren't allowed to write? Like that goes back to the puritan society right people were hung for writing things that society disagreed with and like that's what this is starting to kind of feel like well i'm sorry i I was ranting that's why i put it you know on this show because i knew you were going to go ahead and and share thoughts because you were very passionate about it i mean just check out your social media and you know i understand that you have uh, very adamant thoughts about it but when somebody makes the statements that she does and she's that type of public person and she's garnered all this fame and notoriety and money from the work she did that is outstanding and has treated millions to the world of Harry Potter, which she should be commended for. You know, she she has her thoughts. She has her thoughts. She has her beliefs. She has her issues with the subject of the whole trans movement. And regardless of whether what side you're on, whatnot, she's going to have to pay the consequences from people who are or disagree with her and that's just the way it is i mean it's just when you go ahead and make the statements that she makes you better be prepared to have those repercussions upon you and that if it affects harry potter adversely if it affects her books going forward if it affects anything that she's doing going forward then that's just the way it is because that's how people now you now live in an age where with social media internet things of that nature we now have more access to things but we also have the ability to voice our opinions in a louder tone than ever before. You know, it's a shame too that the people with the loudest voices have the least amount of constructive things to say. But again, like I'm fine with everyone having their opinion. What really bothered me about this person, and yes, J.K. Rowling, she's amazingly talented, but there there are just times when she should think about what she's doing and saying, like the whole writing an essay thing. Perhaps that was not the best way to go about selling yourself, but. What bothers me about this case in particular is the fact that like there are these people who didn't even read the book and didn't even know the book existed, but they just felt the need to get out there and scream. They probably didn't even read any reviews. Most of this stuff is like reviews of reviews. Like, you know, I'm 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 reading that article that I sent you, right, from The Guardian, and like they're saying, yeah, it's tone deaf, but it, it is nothing like the Telegraph review says it is. And that is my issue, is that people are just finding things to get upset about. If you don't want to read the book and you tell people out loud in a social forum that you don't want to read the book because of the comments that she made, that is your right and absolutely should be respected. Those things that she said were very offensive to a great deal of people. And, yeah. you know, now it gets to the question of should we go ahead and vilify this person's work from this point forward 
and do like you said, do everything you can to go ahead and stop this person from making productive work, and then take all you know, punish all the work that that individual's done before, no matter what good it did for society, no matter what it, good it did for all those people out there, and no matter what it brought into the lives of the world of Harry Potter. I mean, because we see the positive effects that it's done for so many people as far as the world of Harry Potter before. Yeah, but I mean, you know, back to what you had said earlier about people talking about, yeah, they're they have every right to say they're not going to read this book. But what bothers me is that like a lot of these people didn't have any intention on reading the, of reading the book, didn't have any idea the book existed. So it just it was, you know, if you, if it's not something in, within your fandom, I don't think that you should really be like making a big deal out of it. But then again, that's just how I view the messed up world that is social media and back to your other comment like yeah I, I agree like we we should let people know that we are we've been hurt by what they've said and what they're doing but also like not make them turn them into irredeemable humans you know like don't make it so that they can never do anything ever again because perhaps they could come out with something different then come out with something they can change their tone later on and come out with something that really does inspire people that's the sad part because you look at someone as talented as jk rowling like she touched an entire generation and continues to do so and you know maybe she has the ability to do that again she just needs to kind of step outside of her you know her social and political views a little bit yeah i mean we can uh disagree uh, i mean I, I disagree with what she she had to say but Again, it comes down to the fact that, uh, you know, right now uh, she is feeling the repercussions of it. And a lot of people right now don't want to read what she has to say or don't want to hear what she has to say. And that's the right and, and we should respect it. And, but mm -hmm. again, when you make those statements and you put that out there. Yeah. And when, here's like my final thought on this. Like, and honestly, I do this with people. I disagree with a lot of things that a lot of people do, you know, but here's the thing at the end of the day. Just don't buy it. Just don't buy it. Who like don't support it. Don't buy it. You don't have to destroy the person that made it. You know, and like I know you you say like you have to deal with the repercussions and all that. Yes, that's that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, like we don't have to go after somebody just because we disagree with them. Just don't support them. It's really it is really really that simple. What are your thoughts out there, everyone, on the Trouble Blood controversy from Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling? I want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, before we head to the half hour break, I want to go ahead and ask you real quickly, a lot of good things coming up right now in Marvel land because they just hired a She-Hulk and a Kang the Conqueror this past week. Uh, She-Hulk, they cast Tatiana Maslany who's done a lot of indie stuff. She's a great upcoming actress. And with Kang the Conqueror, they've hired the star of Lovecraft Country and also the last black man in San Francisco, Jonathan Majors. Uh, I've got to check out Lovecraft Country because a lot of people have a, a great deal of, of, of positive things to say about that series. So I want to check that out. But I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, Marvel, even at a time of... of 
downtime with pandemic and all that, they're still planning ahead. They're still going forward. They're still going ahead and filling up these key roles with some uh, what I think are, are very good actors and actresses. So I want to hear your thoughts on Marvel still planning out this Marvel Cinematic Universe long term. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate that the pandemic had to happen at a time when we were at the end of, of the beginning, right? We had Avengers Endgame, and then the pandemic rolls around, and we haven't really seen anything since then. You know, it's just, it's unfortunate that they were in transition when this whole thing happened. So now we're like, oh, cool, yeah, they're announcing another thing. That's awesome, cool, but we haven't even seen the beginning of the next thing. You know, that that's the... Uh, the unfortunate part as for the shows she hulk i i've only read a couple comics and you know i'm i think that'll be a cool uh you know dichotomy as far as like having regular hulk and then having she hulk in the universe it actually also makes me excited because originally remember there are rumors that like she's gonna make her premiere in spider-man the next spider-man as peter parker's lawyer but now it turns out that she's having her own origin thing on her own show and so it's kind of like gives me hope that those rumors, you know, of like Charlie Cox's Daredevil making his way into the Spider-Man universe is uh, is going to end up being true. But it might still just be a pipe dream. We'll see. As for Kang the Conqueror, I don't really know much about this character. Have you done any uh, any research on, on this guy? Well, I think it uh, emanates from what was done in Avengers Infinity War with the whole time loop thing and the whole time mm-hmm. going back in time and back and forth and things of that nature. I think we're going to about to see in the next two, three, four years the repercussions of that event. And one of those things is Kang the Conqueror, who is a villain in the Marvel Universe that is, uh, I think, gone back and forth in time. But we're going to see repercussions with that. I know he's going to be, I think, rumored in Ant-Man 3. So that's, oh, I think, where... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, so yes. that's where he's going to be doing Along with the... Uh, Young Avengers are going to be rumored to be starting there. And there's a whole bunch of things that are going to be happening within the realm of the Ant-Man 3 movie. And then with She-Hulk, she's getting her own series on Disney+. Plus, So you have that in place. So it's great to see what's going to be going on. They're planning and mapping out. They're not stopping just because of a pandemic. They're planning out long-term what they want to do. I know that we talked about Marcus and I on the PCC Multiverse that what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, that Falcon and the Winter Soldier could be very well delayed into 2021 because we're not seeing it on the slate of upcoming shows as of yet for 2020. So we're kind of concerned about that. But at least Marvel is still trying to do what they can to map out some type of consistency going forward. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm excited about it. But again, like, I need to see the beginning of this first. I've been seeing a lot of uh, publicity lately for WandaVision, which looks kind of cool. But yeah. It's just, it's again, it's unfortunate that all this had to happen, you know, right as the the last thing ended. So we don't really know what the state of anyone is right now. We haven't seen any content since Avengers Endgame. And yes, it's still Disney's creating all this, Marvel's creating all this hype and people are hyped, but it's like, how much longer are we going to have to wait? And my other thought here is that I really am hoping... You know, I love the idea of these Disney Plus shows. I love the idea of being able to watch She-Hulk and... Hawkeye and WandaVision. WandaVision and stuff like that. Yeah. This is the reason that I kind of got turned off of, like, the DC shows. Because there's so many of them. And it's just, it's too hard to, like... If you want to watch The Flash, you have to watch 
episode yada yada of the arrow episode whatever of legends of tomorrow episode whatever of supergirl like it's so hard to keep track of all of it and that's and because these Disney plus shows are all tying into the mcu you're going to have to watch the shows yeah because they could very well reference something in the movies you're like i don't know what that means you know that that's i i would hope that like it's you know they're spaced out enough to where like say you casually you can casually watch one series over the course of like a month or maybe a month and a half like that would be more my speed but i don't know if i can handle having one show come out and then three weeks later another show then three weeks later no, another show that just be, i think they're gonna yeah be smart. they're smart about i that. would be all right good yeah just be buried and from what i understand there the rumors are popping around that they're thinking about continuing outside of Iron Fist, I think at least they're considering continuing the the stories of the the Netflix defenders. I don't know if there's any truth to those, but I've been seeing a lot of like murmurings about it lately, which I would actually really love because I'm a huge fan of Daredevil. That's funny though, because you said outside of Iron Fist, because universally that that show has been. I know you said there was hope for the second season, but that's like it's universally panned. Yeah, they're going in the right direction. They just they just started like on such a. Bad. it's like when you wake up in the morning and you kick your toe on the corner of the bed and then you like fall down the stairs on your way to the kitchen like there, you just can't get up and keep going after that absolutely so we'll see what happens but i think they're going to space everything out even with the pandemic to kind of scrunch things up i still think they're going to go ahead and be able to find room enough for people to go ahead and breathe before the next marvel's bent they're going to be very smart about it so i think they're going to go ahead and map everything out so that you will be able to go ahead and enjoy everything on disney plus and everything in the movies from marvel cinematic universe what are your thoughts out there on what's coming up for the mcu the hiring of a she-hulk and a king the conqueror share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com before we hit the halfway mark, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and touch on real quickly. Dungeons Dragons celebrated 2020 with their celebration. And obviously they talk about new modules, talk about new things that they're adding in there, free tools for players, all these great things and whatnot. But since we've started to delve back into this tabletop RPG world as we do for our Pop Culture Cosmos streams every week, I want to ask you this. The most important thing I saw out of it was huge amount of shows, podcasts, streams that they were dedicating. I think four or five days worth of streaming shows back to back to back of nothing but adventure after adventure after adventure, which tells me that this is once again a very hot industry to go to as far as the world of Dungeons and Dragons and 5th edition and all that. So. I want to hear your thoughts as someone who has yet to delve into. You were kind of interested in going with me. I've I've already stuck my toe into the water, as they say, but I want to hear your thoughts on Dungeons & Dragons celebrating so many years later a, I don't want to say revival, but it, it now seems to me that it's stronger than ever. I'm glad. I mean, this is, if you look at our, our world, right, like this more this time more than ever, people have needed an escape, the only thing that really kills me about this is that like it still has that stigma with some people like oh it's something that nerds do but it really like it's it is so much fun. I know that there was like some there are like rumors of them like removing certain races and stuff from Dungeons and Dragons. There's some people upset about it, so I'm glad that like people are still able to come together over this. Dungeons and Dragons, if anything, like it 
brings people together regardless of what their differences are. And that's what I've always admired about the game. You know, I would, yeah, I would, I would love to play. I just like, it's fine. I barely even have time to play video games at night these days. So it is something I'm interested in, something I'd like to do, you know, further out into the future. But it, I have a question for you. Is the, the D&D podcast that you've been doing, is that on our Podbean channel? Not yet, because I'm going to go ahead and sit down and I'm going to produce a tabletop RPG adventures, like a condensed version of it or a, a best version of what we do each and every week on streaming. So I eventually will present an audio version of streams that we've been doing on Facebook on Pop Culture Cosmos. So, I mean, if you want to check out the video, it's there. They're all there. All the the hours and hours and hours of streaming that's been based off of Roll20. Roger and Mitch, who've both been DMing games for, for myself and, and others, uh, whether it's in the Dungeons Dragons or the Star Wars universe, they've done a great job. I want to give Kelly Lanigan, I want to give so many other people, James, and, and so many other people that I'm playing, Melinda, and just a ton of people that have been playing with us. I want to give them uh, big props. I know my DM for Star Wars Mercenaries, Mitch, who we're, we're going to transition to something else. He's got a full world of Star Wars that he created. Here's a full world of Mass Effect that he's created. But he is, like you, just so inundated with so many other adventures. He just doesn't have time to go ahead and DM. So I'm reaching out to anybody out there that's interested in DMing Star Wars or Mass Effect. We've got players for you. Just got to go ahead. And if you're interested, let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And you can DM a great Mass Effect or Star Wars adventure today. So. I know Josh would be interested in Mass Effect Adventure for sure. I know I would be. So, yeah, just wanted to give that uh, out there at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But it is Dungeons Dragons celebrating the world of Dungeons Dragons all this weekend. It was a great time to see just so many different people around the world just celebrating this fascinating world of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, we want to hear your thoughts. What brings you into the world of Dungeons and Dragons? And if you haven't gotten into it yet, are you interested? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, my friend, on the back end of the hour, I want to go ahead and thank you so much for staying with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. Josh, what video games have you been playing lately? I know we uh, talked about everything from cartridges lately on the Sega Genesis to stuff you've been playing with CrossCode. I know I've been dealing with some stuff. I got some reviews on Pop Culture Cosmos, but... I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on what you've been playing lately in the world of video games. I think I talked about Arcagus already. I am in the midst of playing a game on Switch called My Brother Rabbits. I don't know if you've heard about that one, but it's like a point-and-click adventure. It's fun. The music's great, but it's it's hard. You know, they like I my big beef with game like indie games, especially like something that like I love indie games, but I, I don't like when they do this. They give you the system this inventory system or crafting system and they just expect you to know how to use it like there's no tutorials on what it is and like 
you can seriously sit down and take like three hours to figure out how to do something. So the game is fun so far. I mean, I'm just, I'm frustrated by some of the things I have to do in it, but hopefully I'll have more on that soon. I picked up Mario 3D All-Stars, start playing Mario 64, and I forgot how frustrating that game can be because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like when you go around trying to pick things up, Mario always power slides and it is like the most annoying thing in the world because I'm trying to like pick up bomb mom and you know chuck them like I need to and Mario just keeps I don't know if the angle's not right but it just keeps power sliding I got so mad this morning that I shut the console off because I just don't have the patience to sit there and do that so so far game is good I don't really like the how they like made the picture smaller and they put the black bars on the side but then again I, I guess they'd have to rebuild from the ground up to fit modern resolution what are you playing though well I'm not going to throw my controller around mind you but I've been playing and I've got reviews up this past weekend on popculturecosmos.com for Sisters Royale Five Sisters Under Fire finally got that up there it's a nice little shooter very quick story is terrible so disregard the story it's all text-based so you can easily skip that but it's a top-down shooter that you can easily play takes about half an hour 45 minutes you can play one of five sisters it's pretty much the same story through for each of the five sisters you know you're playing one of them and you're trying to go ahead and and just fight through wave of wave of wave of battling sisters in order to go ahead and bury the love of your life and in order to do so, yeah, like I said, wave, wave, wave. But the interesting thing is just the frantic gameplay that's all over the place because it's a top-down shooter with like projectiles coming at you from all different directions and enemies and all that. And it makes for a nice, quick palate cleanser. So if you're interested, like I said, if you're on the go, I especially recommend this for Nintendo Switch, although it is on all the major systems today, Xbox One, PS4, and PCs. But... I would say the best place to play this is on the Nintendo Switch. If you're on a drive going somewhere and you're in the back seat playing for about half an hour, 45 minutes, you could go through go through a completion with one of the girls and boom, you're you're at your location. So I think that's probably the best way to, to play. So I give it a positive review even though the story is is garbage, but the, again, it's it, it's something that if you're into fast frenetic gameplay for something that'll hold your attention for 30 minutes, I think it's worth your time. Uh, I want to go ahead and say the Coma 2, Vicious Sisters. Speaking of sisters, that was a pretty interesting horror game. I gave that also a positive review because that's basically, uh, again, a storyline that's eh about a high school gone very creepy with rituals and monsters and and people trying to go ahead and uh, get this girl. So you're doing what you can as far as gathering resources, hiding, evading, until you go ahead and try and stop this blood ritual from happening. It's a scary video game. I also gave it a positive review, and you can find that on popculturecosmos.com. And then if you've seen the video on Facebook of me playing Destroy All Humans, the remake of the classic 2005 hit from Xbox and PlayStation 2, got a chance to go through that. I'm currently working on a review for that now. That should be up here in the next day or so at popculturecosmos.com, but I will have very positive thoughts on that because it's always cool to go ahead and zap some rays as an alien on humans and their brains pop out and you grab their DNA and you go ahead and get in your flying saucer and destroy everything and the army and all that as far as you're battling against and clone yourself into somebody else and 
Uh, also, you can also hypnotize them and get them to go ahead and follow you and, and battle for you. So all these great things. Uh, it's it's an, kind of like an open world. It's like a half open world type deal. It's got some tropes, unfortunately, uh, open world games have. But still, it's a very positive experience. And you can go ahead and read my thoughts on it coming up this week. I'm hoping to go ahead and get a chance to get into Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. So I'm hoping to get a chance to go ahead and start that as well this week. I got one more cartridge game and one more uh, Steam game to get out there. So uh, it's just finding time, you know. It's if I, I, I envy the people that do this for a living. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to thank all the PR companies and development studios that have sent us games. We truly appreciate every one of them going ahead and sending us out these games for review. And you'll be seeing more of our thoughts on it, either on playthroughs, on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos or the final reviews that we put out there at popculturecosmos.com. Before we hit the break, and hopefully we'll have Jessica Boggs and Daphne Matthew back to back, I want to go ahead real quickly, my friend, and ask you this. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about video games. Do you feel like getting back into Left 4 Dead 2, my friend? Because Left 4 Dead 2, for the first time in, I think, almost a decade, they are adding new content to it in The Last Stand, free of charge. That's for everybody out there that's playing Left 4 Dead 2 on PC, I think. I don't think it's going to be downloading on consoles, but I want to hear your thoughts on possibly going back to the world of Left 4 Dead 2. I'm in, because so, it's going to be downloading later this week, so I'm interested. Are you? Probably not. I was never a huge fan of that game. Like I love that people loved it, and I played it with Big Dog and Brian Kane for a long time, but... It's just, it's not my my favorite thing to play. See that motion right there? I'm throwing a Molotov cocktail your way. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's just, like, it, it's too overwhelming, you know? Like, having all the levels are so dark, and you got things, like, spitting on you and stuff like that. It, it, it was fun for the time I spent in it, but, like, if you were to say, hey, they're adding this in 10 years later. Is this something you're going to go back and play? I'm probably not going to go back and play it. If they had like another Left 4 Dead game, like a brand new from the ground up one, then yeah, I'd, I'd probably go back and play it. Well, I will go ahead and uh, see what happens when Left 4 Dead 2 later this week gets an update. The first time, I believe, in over a decade. That's going to be hitting to Steam coming up later this week, I believe on the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. And so stay tuned for Left 4 Dead 2 players out there for The Last Stand coming out later this week. Also coming out later this week for video games is a documentary that's coming to CBS All Access. And that is the documentary Console Wars, based off the book that uh, so many people have loved in regards to the Sega Genesis Nintendo battle of the early 90s and the mid 90s. So I'm going to be checking out this week and I'm very interested to see how it compares to the recent eh, docuseries that was High Score, which you and I spoke about on a previous episode. I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Console Wars, again, it's a documentary coming out to CBS All Access. Are you interested in checking out Console Wars? Yes, yes, I am. I I love video game documentaries, and there's really just there's not enough of them out there. But yes, I am interested in checking this out because like my my childhood is in the Sega versus Nintendo console battle, and uh, that is something that I I would love to. I don't know a lot about it, you know. I I know that like what I've seen on High Score, what I've read on the internet, but like you don't really. I what excites me about this series is being able to see like the the faces, I guess, behind it. And that is something that 
really does appeal to me. I don't know if I'm like, you know, going to subscribe to CBS All Access to watch it, but if I can get like a free thing, then yeah, I could be interested in that. This is before CBS All Access evolves into Paramount Plus early next year. That's what's going to happen with CBS All Access. So it'll be interesting to see how many people are going to be watching Console Wars coming up later this week to CBS All Access. So let us know if you get a chance to see Console Wars. We're going to share our thoughts the next time Josh and I get together. We're going to share our thoughts on Console Wars and hopefully get a chance to check out Console Wars coming up later this week on CBS All Access. Coming up, we've got Jessica Boggs, and I'm hoping, Daphne Matthew, I'm hoping we can get a good segment there real quick on what's going on with The Walking Dead and also get some quick thoughts from Jessica Boggs in this month's TV update coming up right after the break. This is The Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis and we're back with the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here just wanted to go ahead and thank everybody for watching and listening around the world on radio stations and also facebook live cannot thank you enough for watching and listening to us it's that time again time to talk some television and with all the things going on in the world, especially due to the coronavirus and, and productions being delayed here, productions being delayed there, productions being delayed seemingly everywhere, what in the world is going to be coming to television this year? We're going to talk about that and more with our good friend Jessica Boggs. you got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at thetvratingsguide.com, plus also as well her awesome show, Jessica Show. And it's just available right now wherever you get your podcast. Jessica, great to have you back. But I asked a question to you because there's so many things now that have been delayed in their production. We don't even know what's going to come out in 2020, much less 2021. But we're going to deal with 2020 for now. So I want to ask your thoughts on what to look forward to in streaming or broadcast or cable television coming up this fall. Well, on the pipeline, you do have a lot of unscripted that is coming out. You got The Bachelorette that is coming out on ABC. You got Next and Filthy Rich from Fox. Same with The Keenan Show from NBC. On your show, Jessica's show, you had me on there, and you talked about shows that were picked up, like L.A.'s Finest and Star Trek Discovery among others, shows that were on smaller streaming platforms that were picked up by broadcast networks. Do you see an extended future for any of them as far as being a success? Because I think if anything breaks out of these shows that you talked about migrating from a smaller platform to this broader platform, I think Star Trek Discovery could be one of those shows that could maybe find a home permanently, maybe? I think so, too, with 
Star Trek Discovery, though, although with the rest, I think it's still too soon to tell, especially given the current situation going on. I don't think LA's Finest is going to survive that long on a broadcast platform, given what the heck is going on in 2020. But, uh, you know, if there are shows that people can count on, because as we've talked about, all these major broadcast shows, if they're scripted, scripted dramas, scripted comedies, they are the ones most likely affected by these changes with the coronavirus. Are there any shows that have been an establishment of broadcast television that they can look forward to coming out in the not-too-distant future? ABC's comedies are returning. They will be coming back. The first three on the 21st and then the last one on the 28th because they've been in production as apparently a 30-minute sitcom is apparently easier to produce than a one-hour drama. Put these four shows on in the Wednesday schedule for now, but I'd rather see and wait what happens through there. Once again, I'm talking to Jessica Boggs with the TVRatingsGuide.com. you got to check out all the great articles, the reviews, the updates on ratings, and so much more at the TVRatingsGuide.com. I will say this, my friend, when it comes to what people can look forward to, it's not only just broadcasting, but the things that are coming to streaming. Obviously, with The Mandalorian being something very hotly anticipated, as Marcus and I spoke about on Friday's show, that The Mandalorian Season 2 coming October 30th, that's going to be a big key for Disney+. Plus. WandaVision is going to also be something that Disney Plus is going to focus in on 2020 that have been told are guarantees for 2020. We don't know about a lot of the other shows that are coming to both streaming, cable, and broadcast and their tenuous future as far as coming short term. I mean, are we going to be seeing very limited amount of shows going forward in the near future? And are we going to be relegated to, like you said, easier to turn around packaged comedies and also live programming, competition programming, things that you can go ahead and shoot on a much shorter and less expensive notice. I think there's going to be a lot more 13-episode seasons coming forward for the dramas. Apparently, what's coming on for in September on Netflix, there's The Chef Show Season 2, a Netflix documentary, and then there's A Perfect Crime, Country-ish, The School Nurse Files, Sneakerheads. These are some of the shows that are coming on right now on Netflix. Nothing that's going to jump out and scream. You got to go ahead and, and check it out. In the short term, is there one or two shows that you think people have to go out of their way and check out? Because for me, I think it is Star Trek Discovery Season 1. So that's my one must see for people who haven't checked it out yet. But Jessica, I just truly appreciate you stopping by. Any last thoughts before we head on out? We're going to see a lot more live events with Thursday Night Football and WWE. And Dancing with the Stars. Let's not forget about Carol Baskin dancing yeah. the tango. Yes, there you go. Once again, it's Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. Her great site will tell you everything that's going on in the world of television, including their latest ratings for Dancing with the Stars and more plus great articles, reviews, original programming, and more. You'll find it at the TVRainsGuide.com and, of course, her show, Jessica's Show, which you can find on all your favorite podcast outlets. 
Well, Jessica, it's been great having you back on the program. You're going to be back. You call it in October. You tell me when to get the update. We'll go ahead and get you on, and you can let us know exactly what's going on in the world of television because it's ever in a state of flux as far as the world of entertainment because of what's going on and production delays and things of that nature. So we want to get you back on as soon as you want to come back on right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, I finally got her. I finally tracked her down. I was able to get her back on the program after uh, some delay to talk about the future of a certain whole franchise that was once one of the storied franchises in all of entertainment. It saw some hard times, but there could be some good things in the future going forward. And here today to talk about The Walking Dead is none other than one of my favorite people out there. She is the commander and chief of The Walking Dead fan base. You got to go ahead and check out what they're doing today at one of the largest fan bases available for The Walking Dead, and that is the Walking Dead fan base Facebook group, or Talking the Dead 18 Plus, that Facebook group as well. It is Daphne Matthew, and Daphne, great to have you back on the program. So, I'm sure the internet and Facebook groups have been ablaze for the last week or so with the announcement from AMC that... The flagship show, The Walking Dead, will be ending in 2022 with season 11. Uh-huh. It is pretty much a given that Fear the Walking Dead, the end of the season six, will have them somewhere either to going towards wherever TWD is supposed to be or somewhere on that road. They're either going to be at the Commonwealth or encounter people from the Commonwealth or they're going to be on their way to the Commonwealth after they reunite. I have no idea how they're going to pull that off, but whoever survives season six of Fear the Walking Dead will end up in season 11. So that's that. And the world beyond, the premise behind the world beyond was that it would lead into the final season of The Walking Dead and the first Rick Grimes movie. The rumor is... And this is the rumor that I've been hearing lately is that Andrew Lincoln will be reprising his role as Rick Grimes in the final season of The Walking Dead. The rumor is, is that he will somehow, some way, all these three stories are going to emerge in the final season of The Walking Dead. So I want to close our conversation. As you said, that show is closing down in a couple of years and culminating and ending along with the other shows right as the end of The Walking Dead is near. And people say, oh, yes, The Walking Dead is finally over. Or is it? Because I don't think it is because when you're having a spinoff show the next year after that with Daryl and Carol, The Walking Dead really isn't ending. Yeah. It's just continuing on with a yeah. fancy new cover. The Walking Dead is the Star Trek of this generation. You got that right. Excellent point indeed. Everybody knows that Star Trek in some way, shape, or form has been around for, oh my God, 55 years or so, close to 60 years. It's older Um, than me, just barely. Yeah, it's older than me too, but the flagship show ended in 1968, I do believe. And here we are in 2020. Yeah, we, we're talking about 57 years later, Star Trek is still around. 
I believe the same is possible for the walking dead if they do it right. Okay, we had the walking dead and then we had fear the walking dead come on. And now here we are in 2020, we have the world beyond. If you honestly look at any of the boards today, when the announcement came that The Walking Dead was ending in less than two years, a lot of people were okay with it. I'm going to say it's a 50-50 split. A lot of people are upset about it, of course, because this show has been, you know, our mainstay for 10 years now. But then a lot of people are saying that it was time. Not because the storyline has weakened, because actually the storyline in seasons 9 and 10 has been getting better, but it is time to end it. Well, Daphne, as the quintessential person that (laughs) knows everything or as much as possible about The Walking Dead, it is truly always a pleasure to have you on the show. Got to bring you back on because The Walking Dead universe always seems to evolve, always seems to change, and always seems to have something new thrown at us. It is changing. Always, always (laughs) indeed. But it is always a pleasure having you on the program, and I look forward to our next conversation right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show, this Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank so much Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base, and also Jessica Boggs from the TVRatingsGuide.com. Want to thank both those ladies for being on the show today. Real quick, my friend, before we head on out. I don't know if you caught the story about a beloved cult classic movie called This is Spinal Tap. Hopefully you have encountered this movie at some point in time in your life. Yes. Well, the reason why I'm asking this is because there was a recent settlement between the film studio and the creators of This is Spinal Tap, which is Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and director Rob Reiner. Because the initial suit by Harry Shearer and all four eventually after that getting involved with it uncovered some issues as regards to rights, as far as money. And get this, my friend, you would say with the kind of notoriety this cult classic has had in This is Spinal Tap, you would probably say that This is Spinal Tap has earned a pretty good chunk of change over the years, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's there's mer- I've seen merchandise of it. I see, uh, I've see, even seen toys of it. I've seen the soundtrack. They reproduce the vinyl every year. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's big. I'm sure it's big as well. I mean, the movie itself didn't do that great at the box office way back when, but in re-releases, it's made more money. Obviously, it's done a great deal on cable television and reruns, uh, and then also, of course primarily on home video it's done a ton i I imagine of sales because it's become such a cult classic and it's been so highly recommended and it's thought of as probably one of the best if not the best mockumentary of all time and i think it even created the genre because it's thought of so well so it was interesting to see the origins of the suit when it was reported by harry shearer in his complaint and along with the other co-creators that they have only received each of them, or at least Harry Shearer's, in Harry Shearer's case, it's just really some eye-opening number about how little they've made from This Is Spinal Tap. So you can see why they had the justification for the suit in the first place. What happened with it, though? Why was he making so little money? Well, thank you for asking that question. I Almost like I set you up on that. 
it was actually because, as they stated in the suit, that it was due to, quote-unquote, Hollywood's accounting and the movie industry's accounting. And I think this is a larger issue where movie studios underreport or find creative ways to go ahead and report movies at a loss that actually, in essence, make them either a small bit or even a large bit of money. So they've been creatively accounting the revenue and the money earned from all these different facets of the this is Spinal Tap universe. I'm assuming raking in a lot of money off it, and they've been finding creative ways to underreport it. So finally, I guess this weekend, you know, as because it's been going in in uh, court for for years now, they finally came to a settlement. So it sounds like that it came to a settlement that the this is Spinal Tap creators could be accepted with, but it leads to a larger issue of how many movies in Hollywood and in the movie industry get creatively accounted just like that. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope too that they would give him like some some back royalties too, just because that's that's absolutely insane for a movie as big as, as this one was. Well, I think it also incurs. I don't know if it, they were they were shooting for rights at one time. It's it's very unclear yet what exactly that they're getting from it. But it, when you come to a settlement, you know that there's going to be something, especially in this case uh, of a large amount that's going to be given to four creators of this Spinal Tap. And it just seems like at this point in time, hopefully the rights will be given back to them as well. But even if not, that they'll be given some merchandising points, some some proper and deserved income going forward for whatever residuals that this is Spinal Tap will be making going forward. But I'm assuming that they got a lot on the back end and hopefully we'll be getting a nice chunk going forward. But again, it just leads to a larger issue in Hollywood where this creative accounting, so to speak, could be affecting not just a movie like that, but a lot of other movies that have happened in the past. Yeah, it's crazy just like how greedy people get. Like you see how much money people make in that industry and like there's no concern for like the smaller people. They are technically rich compared to just an average income, right? So it's 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 crazy. How much more money could you possibly want? Well, I mean, I understand from the artist's point of view because this movie is based off their creation. This is Spinal Tap is their creation. They thought of this idea. They thought of the concept. And you see how brilliant it is. And they deserve to go ahead and if this movie or experience made money, they deserve to get their share of it and to not for so many years get any kind of residual effects of it or very little, I should say. And in fact, again, they'd received $81 in merchandising income, and I want to correct myself, a full whopping $98 in musical sales income at yeah. the time of their suit in 2016. So, I mean, wow, $179 from all their work in this Spinal Tap. You can see why they went to court. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame indeed, but I'm glad that they are now getting hopefully some just rewards because this is spinal tap is truly an amazing adventure and hopefully now knowing that the creators of it will finally get their just rewards hopefully going forward people if you've not seen it yet or if you want to go ahead and listen to music or or anything of that nature please check out the world and experience of this is spinal tap today what are your thoughts out there on this is spinal tap the creators finally getting a settlement done with the movie studios involved and then also as well 
Do you think that this is a, I guess, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, and a larger problem on how the movie industry evaluates what is a success, what's not a success for the movies out there at the box office? Share your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I just cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. Any last thoughts on the way out? Uh, None that I can think of covered a lot today yeah we did we did we hit people up out there with a lot of stuff but we wanted to make sure we go ahead and fill you in on the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week as we always do stay tuned for marcus de la garza stepping in once again for josh on friday's episode of the pcc multiverse looking forward to hearing what he has to say and again we cannot thank you enough for supporting us right here at the pop culture cosmos so for josh peterson This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.